Good adventures, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of Books Cubed. Uh, my uh, family is watching Godzilla in the other room, so I hope it is not too loud. I asked them to kind of keep it down a little, and they are, <laughs> but I can still hear them, so hopefully you can't. Uh, today is, a, is the second part of my interview from last week with Gary Collins about living healthy and off the grid. So have a listen. It is really good. Uh, we... <laughs> We tried, we tried to try uh, the recipes. We talk about recipes in the end of his book about living healthy, and there's all kinds of great recipes there. And I went to the store and I picked up everything that I need, and I still haven't made any of them yet, but I will. And then I'll mention it when I do, but they look really great. So uh, grab his book. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Uh, try some of those recipes. Let me know if you do. Let me know what you think. And uh, in case I forget to mention it at the end, which I probably will, uh, next week I'll be talking about audiobooks. So make sure you come back, find out how you can get audiobooks for free. So have a listen. This is part two from uh, Gary Collins and Living Healthy and Off the Grid. I'll see you after. The next, uh, the decluttering was different because I had the name before Marie Kondo blew up with her show. Her book was always popular. It's been out for a while. Um, but I didn't want to change the name. I'm all, I'm not changing it now. I've had this title for a while, but I knew it was about decluttering your life. So what I did is I added decluttering your life to it. It put life cause that's what it's truly about. I do have a chapter about decluttering your house and, you know, getting rid of items and talking about consumerism and all that good stuff. But it's more about, I have a chapter on health, finances, social circles, technology, political tribalism, which um, I'm, I never talk about politics in any of my books. I don't think there's a place for it in self-help. I think it, it just tears people, gets people at each other's throats. The irony is people will give me reviews saying I have political views and I realize you're reading political views into my background. I've never stated anything and actually I'm a libertarian and I don't even call myself a libertarian because I don't believe in political systems. So go figure. Yeah. Um, it's irony that people call me something. I go, oh, that's you, yeah. not me. Yes, and people will read into, what was I just talking to somebody do. about this the other day? They bring their preconceived notions yep. to everything. So everything yeah. you read, like when um, the movie Brokeback Mountain came out, mm -hmm. it's an awful movie because there's no story. It's a short story made into a movie. So people will say to me, oh, well, you're anti-gay and you're anti-religion. Yep. No, I'm neither. It's a bad movie because it's a bad story. Thank yep. God Anne Hathaway's hair changed constantly in the movie. It's the only thing that kept me riveted. Um, I never watched it because it was everyone told me it was terrible. So I'm it's like, a why would I watch it? It's a bad movie. There's no story. There's plenty of other movies out there about relationships that are fantastic. There's no story. There's no dialogue. It's just awful. But anyway, so yeah, people will say to me, oh, you're, it's like, no. No, it's your preconceived notion of, of how you think that I would well, react to whatever. And you know how it is. The bigger you get, the more criticism you get. So that's been a tough one growing over the last year. And now I'm, I make a full living as an author, um, which is pretty amazing. I was able to flip it so quick. But the ideas were there. The books, ideas were all there. I was in the writing of the book after going off the grid. So all the pieces kind of came together. And I had to put books out really fast, though. <clears throat> People were starting to catch on that I'd created a little bit of a trend. And matter of fact, a book just came out not too long ago, and they pretty much 
copied the concept of one of my books. Jeez. And I've had the cover of my RV living book stolen twice. Oh, same geez. photo. They went and used the same photo, used a similar title. And you're like, oh, but we know that's the industry. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's discouraging. And I think a couple reviews, dingers have been from competitors trying to gain up because I've noticed uh, people are targeting my books, you know, mm. the, which is fine. That's how ads work. I'm totally fine with that. But I had to build things really quick because I realized the indie movement was taking off. And when something takes off like that, it, it's, it brings in the bad. Because now we got people who think they can make money writing books, right? They go, oh, I can sit in my robe, get fed grapes, and all I got to do is copy other people's books? Oh, I'm going to make some money. So I know that the brand was me, but I had to get things out quick. I had to get ahead of them so they couldn't copy everything as I went. Not that I say I was going to be that great. I just knew if anything hit, it was going to probably get copied as everyone has learned. Everyone who's been a successful writer Every and I, I'd say that loosely for me. <laughs> trust me, um, but you know what I mean. Everyone, it's it's kind of a dirty little secret, but you know it's flattering too. You go, hey, I must be doing something right. Yeah, you must be. Yeah, because they're looking at that and going, oh yeah, I can make money too. Okay, so before we're gonna run a little long here, but before you go, I wanna gotta ask you about your MS in forensic science. Okay. So were you, did you, were you interested in going, did you work in forensic science at all? I used some of the, the, the schooling in investigations for sure. Um, you know, one of my specialties was interrogations. That's one of the things I was pretty highly trained at and was pretty good at. But I also used uh, um, document examination. I, I would go into, I, it gave me the ability to go into labs to if, you know, we were doing an investigation. I could go in the lab and I could, I knew what the equipment did. I didn't get to use it and I didn't work in forensics, but I was able to use the tools that I learned from the degree in investigations, which, which helped out, especially like uh, question documents was a big one. I could do basic handwriting analysis because I had enough training in it. I couldn't use, be testifying court as an expert, but I had enough to get it to the expert. So I could tell and go, no, that's, that's their writing or it's not. I could at least get it to the next step. So yeah, it was a very interesting background in the things I did. I traveled all over the world for investigations and protection. I did a lot of protection details too of uh, uh, foreign dignitaries and, and U.S. officials. And so it's interesting because people always expected me to write thrillers, right? That's what I was just going to ask because you're talking yeah. about writing fiction. Are you going to be writing thrillers? You know, it was weird because I've always read thrillers. Love them. I've been reading them since fantasy. People freak out when they, because they think I'm some knuckle dragging former military guy that just wants to shoot things or whatever. I go, no, no, no. I grew up reading fantasy. I grew up reading, you know, I love that adventure, thrillers, uh, sci-fi. I read it all. That's what I, I read it for years. And I still read it to this day. I still love it. Um, so when I first started thinking of writing, I went, oh, God, I'm nonfiction. But I'd love to write a thriller. All my background, I have all these stories in my head. But it's such a different writing that I was all, I would have to take a step back, start over. And I went, I'm not 
it would be a bad business model because I'm not even where I need to be in fiction, nonfiction. So what I did is I ran into someone <clears throat> and I realized I'd probably be better utilized as a consultant and as a possible co-author. Well, luck had it the first, I've only been to two writing conferences. You do not want to do things my way. This has been an overnight success that took a decade. So you don't, I, I just, I didn't go to him. I didn't have time. I was building a house, you know, I was moving back and forth and trying to run a business because I wasn't a, I ran a business and I was running other businesses. I was a college professor. I mean, I was doing whatever it took to pay, pay the bills. And so I met <clears throat> at the first conference, I ran into a couple people and they go, man, with your background. And I kind of sat there and I went, huh. And sure enough, I run into another writer. Um, um, I, I guess I can say it's AC Fuller. Me and him have become friends. Oh, okay. And we've, we sat down and we, I introduced myself. I said, hey, man, I've read, read one of your books. It's pretty good. And he goes, oh, thanks. And I go, yeah, no, I, I like the direction where you're going with it. And he goes, what's your background? I told him, oh, I write nonfiction, this stuff, and this is where I'm at. And I go, yeah, you know, I used to did a lot of, you know, law enforcement taught it. And he goes, huh, I think we need to talk a little more. And I go, I agree. I think there might be something there because uh, I think your stories are good. I think I could add something to them. And so we started talking and that came and then a couple other people were all, hey, you know, would you do some consulting? And I realized I went, I have a whole nother business model that I haven't even yeah. fully explored, but we have a project that is pretty exciting and we're waiting for an answer. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. We've already written, we've already, uh, we've already uh, pitched and we're just waiting to see what happens. And if it goes, it's, it could change the direction of my career of where I'm going. So I'm kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern. He is worse than me, but we're just trying to figure out, but I'm going to continue obviously with my nonfiction and, and helping people out. And I'm hoping to help authors out because I think my system, I didn't realize is pretty efficient. And I created it all on my own. I mean, the only problem is most people at these conferences are fiction writers. It's a different, different yeah. deal. It's a totally different deal. And I don't know if it would resonate as well with them. I think a lot of it would. I think writing off on a non-schedule, yeah. that might be a little trickier. Yeah. It's, um, uh, there were quite a few, we, uh, and I, I know I'll probably mention this in the, in the intro. So I've already mentioned this which I'm be shooting after we're done with this. But anyway, we met at the Selmore Book Show in Chicago, uh, first weekend of May. And actually, I, I met quite a few people that write nonfiction. Um, uh, yeah, I, I met more there than at 20 Books. 20 Books was my first one, 20 Books to 50K. And I was, whoa, talk about being overwhelmed for a first conference. Holy I was just going to say, yeah, because that's like, how many people are at 20K? It's a lot, isn't it? I think this one was seven to 800. I think the next one's going to be like a thousand. I think he said wow. it was, I just remember going, I thought this was a homegrown small conference. I remember looking around going, Oh, wow. I, I felt like I was in way over my head for a first conference. And then I started talking to everyone. I didn't know anyone either. I went there totally dry. I didn't know a soul. Was it and the one so in Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. I've already, I'm going to go to this one this year's as well. Cause I, I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think 
just the systems I've devised and I, I do have a marketing system, believe it or not. I'm just terrible at launches, but I'm different because you can get away with it in nonfiction because I write evergreen. The stuff I write is going to be just as valid a decade from now as it is today, more than likely. So Probably. it can, yeah, it can, especially the health stuff. I mean, some of that health stuff's from 10 years ago. So I wrote some of that a long time ago. So it just kind of, it can evolve and it can grow and grow on its own. Fiction, <clears throat> you have to definitely have a better and different marketing. And I don't use social media, which blows people. I got rid of it a year ago. You can't do, I do not think in today's fiction world, I don't think you could do that. I really don't. No, you really need, yeah. I do a little bit of social media. I don't do as much as I should. Um, I spend more time promoting the show than I do my own books, uh, which um, is probably bad, but I only have two out. So uh, once I have more, I'm sure that that will, um, that will change probably. Yeah, but oh, I, I like your. Do you have out right now. Sorry? I went. I, how many books do you have out right now, Melissa? I went and looked. I forgot. I looked probably after just I met two. you. Just uh, two. Just two. That's right. A short one called "How to Bungle Your Jungle," which is three thousand words. It's a prequel, and then I have a first novel, which is sixty thousand words. It's called "How to Sex Your Snake." That's and right. Sequel, That's right. The sequel to that is "How to Square Your Grouper," and that will be out August, end of August, August thirty first, and then. Um, how to fuel your rocket or how to boost your rocket. I can't remember what the fourth title, third title is uh, by the end of the year. I'm hoping November, trying to get to where I can write a book in four months. So it's, um, I don't write every day. My husband has really weird schedules. And so when he's home or not working, I never write. I spend all my time with him and, and it's just he and I. And uh, so I only write when he's gone and he goes, he works usually like three to 10 Okay. Uh, and then I take care of my mother in the mornings and then I run and I do, I, you know, we have lunch and then I, then I, uh, I go and write from like three to six and I can't, I, I used to, when I was screenwriting, I could write like 10 hours a day wow. without a problem, but, but it's all dialogue. It's different. Uh, it took me, it took me several years to figure out how to write a book because for years I kept, and I kept, I used to be a literary agent and I kept telling my clients, this was in 93 to 2000. I kept telling them the internet is where it's going to be the internet. I mean, I was watching this going, this is before Hugh Howie and all those people. And I said, I, I know there's a way to use this internet and sell books. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And the Kindle wasn't out yet. I think the Kindle was like 2010. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. So at this time, you know, there was nothing like this. Everything was traditional and, and, you know, self-publishing. I don't like calling it self. I like calling it indie publishing. Me Self-publishing, no, it's just got such a stigma on it. It's we, we're indie publishers, was we do it all ourselves. Now, well, we use a similar process. I mean, the process is is ours, but I mean, the the way we have to do it is similar. Still, I mean, we still have to launch. We still have to do ed get editing. We still have, you know, there's all the pieces you have to meet with your cover designer, and you're actually more involved. And you are, the, you do, and you do just as much publicity. I've had people say to me, oh yeah, if I can get traditionally published, they'll do it all. And I'm like, no, I used to be in the business. You're still going to do everything. And they're still going to say to you, uh, no, we don't want to do a book launch. And we don't want to have you going to Barnes and Noble in New York or wherever the hell. I was trying to get one of my clients into, um, he was Canadian and I, and, and I wanted him in, in the Barnes and Noble in New York because he was going to be in New York. And my boss is like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. I'm like, 
this is nuts. I should be, I should be doing, you know, so uh, all these things that, that, uh, that we're doing now as indies, you're still doing it. You're, you're, you're doing all the phone calls. I have a friend, I have several friends that are traditionally published at small presses and they do more work than I do. And I make a lot more money than they do. And I always feel oh. really bad about it. I'm sorry for all you listening, but yeah, I mean, we were out for lunch one day and we were talking about our quarterly, somebody said, some joked about her quarterly paycheck was $7. And I said, I make that in a bad day. Well, I got lucky too. I actually, and uh, me and um, Jay talked about this because uh, Jay Thorne, I'm with the, uh, oh, uh, Oh, coin. And I, I wrote Stephen Pressfield. I sent Stephen Pressfield an email when I first started. This was before his, he had his blog going, this whole thing, you know, his website, uh, none of that. So I just, someone said, cause I said, Hey, I'm trying to write these health books, but I'm kind of lost. And I, I wasn't even look, like I said, I wasn't looking to try it professionally. I just was trying to figure out what the heck I was doing. And so I sent him an email. He's real nice. He emailed me back and he gave me advice and helped me out. Then I met uh, Gary Tobbs, who wrote Good Calories, Bad Calories, because um, I was in the health world. And so me and him crossed paths. And, and I've interviewed him a couple of times over the years. I used to write for Paleo Magazine. And so he, he told me, he kind of gave me the nuts and bolts of the industry. I was appalled. I went, I, I went, I think that's what threw me off from trying to pursue it. I think I was half, half assing everything because he, he scared me. Because he told me how much he made. He told me how the, his agent works. And I was like, how? There's no way I'm going to make it in this field. There's no way. But he did give me really good advice. He said, Gary, just suck it up. If you can do it on your own, do it on your own. And so I did. I just sucked it up, ground it out, put out you know some not so good stuff here and there, but figured it out. And, and you're right. The money I make now comparably if i was traditionally published with all these books right now oh you wouldn't we wouldn't i'd be at work right now i mean there's no way it's it's that bad and it's it it sucks but i think that's where the indie world is growing so fast is because some of the traditionally published authors are all what am i doing yeah you're hearing that more and more that traditionally published authors have yes i'm, I'm hybrid i'm hybrid and i've got you know this many books with this publisher, but I've got this new series and I'm publishing them myself. And I hear that. I listen to tons of, po I love podcasts and I listen to them oh, all day long <laughs> and they're just wonderful. And I've listened to so many authors, like you said, that they just, they're not making any money from traditionally publishing. And these are some people yeah. that, that are books that, that are big books and they're well, still having it. to, yeah, they're still having to, uh, write more and self-publish to be able to make them make ends meet. Let's say you sell a hundred thousand books in a year, which we know as any author, you're in the upper tier, upper, upper tier. If you're selling a hundred thousand books a year, you're at the top. If you have a traditional publishing deal, you might scrape out enough to live because you're going to, you know, depending on your tier structure, that's probably $85,000. Depending if you got tiered and you got to a dollar five or dollar ten or whatever, if you got lucky, lucky. Mm -hmm. And but then it depends. Did you did they do all the editing for you? Well, now you got to take that out. Then did they do some promoting for you? Well, now you're down probably to 50, 40, 50 grand. 
Now you got to pay taxes. You sold 100,000 books and you're more than likely going to have to get a side job. Yeah. That, but if you didn't have and you self in your indie, you made close to, you know, you're heading towards a million dollars you just made. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. 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 Most people don't earn out their advance. I think it's, I want to say it's like 2,000 copies is the average that most books sell, but it's been a long time. So it's probably On, wrong now. Are you talking about a traditionally? Traditionally. Yeah. 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 And, and it's probably old, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, once you get that advance, if you even get advances, it used to be advances were pretty good when I was, when I was doing it years ago. But if you even get an advance now, most people don't earn out of that advance and don't earn more money. And then the book doesn't sell well. And well, the book doesn't sell well. So we're canceling the second and third book that we told you we were going to do with you. And, uh, and then you're on your own, but then they hold the rights to your first book and they're not going to release it. And you can't release the book two and three. And, uh, yep. and I've got a friend right now who's, who's waiting for uh, the, the rights back to her first book. I think she has a couple in mind, but the, her publishing company has first refusal for everything for like five years. I said, holy oh. crap. Oh, man. That's, a, that's just, if, you're, if you are an author listening, ebook, paperback, audio, print, foreign language, every single language, film, television are all separate. Do not sign a contract that has multiple things. Every single thing is done separately. So yeah. I, I know many people that have signed contracts that give everything away, everything. And I just, I try not to say anything because I don't want to be discouraging, but it's like, oh my God, I really wish you'd said something. You know, I was a literary agent. Why didn't you say something before you signed that contract? You know? Well, I think you're just so excited too, though, if you get an offer like that. For me, you know, I was already, you know, I was working and I had a business. So the terrible offers I got, they were terrible. I mean, I even know I got a tell all was one offer after I got out of the government. I'm all, yeah. They were going to pay me nothing. I go, and you're going to ruin my life. Perfect. Sounds like a great, great deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, why would I sign a deal like this? The deal I signed for the one I did uh, this year, the only reason I did it because it was more of a relationship. I wasn't looking at it as to make money. It was, I know the guys, it, uh, we, we've become friends. It's, it's for Mother Earth News Fair. I, I published one book through them. And I might do another one, but it's more, I just like, like the process. It was easy. It wasn't about making a ton of money or anything. It was a different deal. You know what I mean? It was more of, I probably wouldn't have written the book on my own anyway, kind of thing. I mean, I had the material, but it was like, eh, you know, and we kind of threw some ideas around and I go, well, I'll write that for you guys. That makes sense. That fits into what you guys do. And so that was different. And that's why I did it. But I've, this year I've gotten two offers. I think one was a $5,000 bonus. And then the other one was like 1500. And I went, no. Yeah. I went, and the guys, they go, they hit me up two different people from the publishing house hit me up. So I got hit by one guy one month. Then the next month I get hit by the another guy and they were just going through Amazon, just seeing what was trending. And they found my going off the grid book. They were just looking and I knew, I knew the press I'd heard of them. 
and they're, they have a lot of books, but no one's making any money. None of the authors are making any money that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. I and, don't know. Yeah. I don't know any small press friend. I have a lot of friends that are from with small presses and absolutely none of them are making any money. They all have day jobs. Yeah. Every one of them. And, uh, and I won't sign anything under six figures. You know, and you shouldn't. And you probably, you could keep your print, or you could keep your ebook rights and then just sell your print rights and your audio rights. That would be rights. a rough one. I sell about six to seven to one print to digital. It's a weird one. I haven't been quite able to you figure that out. You do better with print than digital? Way better with print. Interesting. Way, way better. Well, I think because my following, um, a lot of my demo and it's reference material. So you yeah. want to have it. And not only that, but we all went through it. I've lost half my sales since September of last year on, on KDP. We all, everyone just got crushed. I was doing well and I was climbing. Then all of a sudden it fell off a cliff and it's just flatlined. And I it can't has. get, I yeah. mean, my book is in KDP for one more day. I took uh, everything out. Yeah. Tomorrow it, um, it is the last day and I go wide again on Friday, which is great because, uh, I can get my, you know, self, get it out there and, and then get myself ready for when the second book is out, which uh, I, get I just that. went to wide. I went back wide. I pulled all five books out and it's funny. I'm watching my author rank go though. I mean, as soon as I pulled them out the next day, all of a sudden it's doing this and, yeah. but I'm, here's the irony. I'm selling more books. I'm selling more books because I did a couple interviews. I was on Coast to Coast again with George Norrie a couple weeks ago, so that helped. And I'm all, what a scam. I'm all, I'm doing better, and my author rank is going down because I'm not getting the KU page reads and the free downloads. Yeah, yeah. But Do you do, you do AMS ads? Yes, I do. Uh, was I, I think might've been talking to you about this at, um, at the summer book show, I was talking to somebody, but I started finally making money on AMS ads when I did paperback ads instead yep. of the ebook ads, yes. because the paperback ads, I sell a book off of a five to 25 cent ad versus 50 to 75 cents on an ebook ad. The ebook ads just went really high. So um, that's what I'm, I'll be, once I'm out of KDP uh, from Friday, I'll go back to doing just uh, a ton of, of the paperback ads just to see what happens. Uh, and I think I read somewhere that- um, if Joanna Penn was talking about that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking I read that in KDU, if, you do, if you're in KDU and do, do ads, they promote those ads more because you're in KDU. Interesting. I heard that or might've heard that somewhere or read it somewhere. Can't I think it's less that. competition. I, that's what I personally believe it is. I think that with the kind of, like I said, people trying to make a quick buck that they just throw eBooks into KDP and it's flooded. And now everyone, now you have to pay to play. You know, if you're not running ads, you're not yeah. selling anything. Oh, yeah. And I think that's yeah. what happened. I think it just KDP got saturated and it's just too much competition and for, because it was funny when Joanna started talking about it, I'd been doing paperback ads for a couple months prior to her mentioning that. I went, I wondered, I went, why is my paperback doing so much better? I run hardly any ads on KDP now. I, I literally stripped everything down 
and took all my ads out and I focus on paperback only. I do it a little differently. I, I only want to go into it. I have a different system that most authors can't do, but it's because of I'm set up with a distributor. It, some people yeah. can figure it out, yeah. but I have a different way I have to do things. So it's taught me the systems a little better. They work they work differently. And the way that I know it's not algorithms. I think it's competition. I think it's just totally the bids are lower. I think your placements better. Well, my, with my paperback ads, I don't sell paperbacks. I sell eBooks. They click on the paperback ad, then they buy the eBook. Oh yeah. So, so I'm making more money because, uh, because of, uh, because of that, you know, um, which is fine. I think I make, um, I don't know, four forty on a paperback and two dollars and seventy cents on an ebook. But if it's a nickel click, you know, I've made a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> versus the ebook. Um, but yeah, I think the you know, the, it's it's people are see the paperback ad, um, and they then they go and they look and they see that I've got an audio and I've got ebooks and um, sometimes they rent the audio. I think we've made twenty bucks. In six months. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, is I'm worried that now that KDP got rid of create space, basically now they're doing print on demand. I'm worried that now it's going to saturate. Once people figure it out, they're going to all start advertising on the print side. They might. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't talk about it. Pretend you didn't hear that. Oh, Joanna let, about... let that out of the bag a long time ago. So I, I, I just found but it. But you know, it, and, and it was surprised me. I listened to her all the time and I, I talked to so many people at Summer Book Show. We were talking about ads and I kept saying, advertise, pay your paperback and don't advertise the ebook. And they'll still buy the ebook and they're like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So people aren't listening, I guess. Well, I just think uh, the, the ebook side, it's just easier. And, and a lot of people too, you got to remember, they only have an ebook. That's true. Like you, but you, if you, it's tricky. It's, you, you got to learn the systems, but I, it scares me. I always feel like the bottom could fall out at any time. And that's why I've been proactive of going wide. Now I said, you know what? I've got to go wide. I need to get audio versions done in the next year. I need to get all my books caught up. Because I just think the, the rules of the game can change so quickly that you're making a living one day, next week, you're not. And yeah. nothing's changed. You're selling the same amount of books, just they changed the terms on you. Or again, like they changed the algorithm, yeah. which they did in September. And that killed a bunch of people. I mean, that knocked a bunch yeah. of people out. Yeah. But you lose yeah. half of your earnings overnight. Yeah. That's hard to recover from. It really yeah. is. Yeah. That's another reason to have a mailing list. Do you have a mailing list? How do people find you? I'm easy to find. Uh, uh, Advantage too is I've been running a full e-commerce website for years because I was, I had a website and so it was easy. I just dumped my books on there. I've sold my books on my website for almost the entire time. So it's www.thesimplelifenownow.com. Don't go to the simple life. You'll probably end up at Nicole Ritchie and Paris Hilton's website. Yeah, I forgot That's about that. That's what I did. And, I, and, I, and actually, I didn't, I don't think I saw them, but this morning I was telling my husband that the first time I, I texted you was like the day after Summer Book Show. And uh, I sent it to thesimplelife.com. And of course, it came back to me. Yeah. And I said, what the hell? It took me like, I'm so dumb. It took me like three times doing that to look at it and go, oh, I got the email wrong. 
Well, I and stop the word now. I, the simple life would have been great, but obviously that was taken. But the simple life now works just as well. I think it's still a good one. You go I like to my it website. Better. I do too. I think it, it it makes more sense to what I do. Yeah. And so you, I have an email list. I've had an email sign up for probably six years. So I didn't didn't use it well. Another lesson we've all learned: have an email list. I had it, and I never had anything to get people to sign up. It was just terrible. So I'm playing catch up like everyone else is. So you can buy all my books there, digital, print. Um, I have still have my supplement line. Uh, I'm a former FDA guy, so I can't get rid of that. I have loyal customers. If I ever got rid of that, who've been buying from me for years, they would not be happy with me. No. <laughs> well, and it, I, I, it's just part of what I teach too. I, I, the supplement line came from my clients going and buying garbage. They would go to wherever come back they go oh my stomach's killing me i'm breaking out i'm off what are you taking and they show me and i went oh. i did it out of necessity i've never advertised my supplement line i've never sold it on amazon it is purely for people who follow me and go to the website and now i just put on amazon pay so if you are an amazon customer you can go to my website buy my books and pay with your amazon account with one click Oh, nice. Okay, yes. everybody, go check out his website. You want to check out this book. There are recipes in the back, and I'm going to try some of the recipes during the week. I go grocery shopping tomorrow. I saw the coconut flour pancakes and went, yes. oh, that sounds great. So we're going to be making some of the recipes. I will check in next week. Actually, I think I'm going to break this into two shows. So um, in two weeks, well, because this is the tail end, this will be the tail end of the second show. Uh, I can do math. It's like Brian and, and Jim. Let's do math on the air uh, on their <laughs> show, a similar book show. And then they try to do math very badly. Um, uh, I will start next week's show, which will be the second half of this show, talking about recipes we tried from the book and just to see um, uh, what we thought about them. So if you get the book and you try any of the recipes, go ahead and drop down and leave a comment. Let me know what you thought of the what you thought of the recipes and um i'll i'll add that to the end of the first half of the show the recipes uh, are good i promise yeah I they promise. look great they they look really simple i actually used to teach high schoolers those who were i would work with high school football players a lot of them trying to get into college and i could i taught them how to cook them so they're very easy everything i do i teach the simple life right so they yeah, and then they were simple. There's some, there's some really good recipes in the back. So uh, you can find this book. Uh, I'm interested in the declutter book next, which I'll be looking at. Um, so I'll probably mention something about that at the beginning of the second half of the show, which is this end of this show. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Time travel is <laughs> somehow involved here. So um, uh, thank you so much for being on today. When you have your next book, come back and let us know, especially because it's finance right is the next one it's i don't i'm not just talking this book up i even my editor i have a brand new editor he's been coming back to me going whoa he goes i've never seen this in a finance book before and i go i thought it was interesting it was my own concepts of i show how people from the time you're born till the time you go through your whole working career if you follow what you're told to do basically the system takes a chunk out of you every piece of the way and if you follow it, it's almost impossible to get out of debt. It's oh, literally, yeah. you're, you're literally going to be in a life, lifelong debt. 
So I break it out and it ended up being, I just did a cursory. It was a million and a, about million three to a million and a half dollars. The average everyday American will waste, get nothing out of, they just waste. And then I did a, a simple uh, formula for interest. If you invested that money, it's a, a close to four and a half, five million dollars on a, I do all low numbers too. I put the bottom end of my numbers and they're all static. So I didn't put for inflation. I didn't put for cost of living. I didn't do any of that. I said, these are the numbers and I'm going to show you with today's numbers, what it's going to look like. And he, so far he's like, Whoa, that's, he goes, this could be an eye opener. So I'm hoping. Oh, when, like, when, when will that one be out? Um, like I said, hopefully mid July, if all goes well. Okay, great. So let me know when it's out and we'll, we'll make sure that you come on when it's already out or the day before or the day it's coming out, whatever. So yeah. we'll do that. Cause that I'm interested in that one, especially. Yeah. I, I, that would be a weird one that of all the books I write, I have a feeling this is, could be the one that really breaks out. Well, you know, money, it's so important. <laughs> we all need it. Or it could sell two copies to my mom and sister. You never know. Well, I'll you buy know. one too. So that's three. <laughs> there you go. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Gary. Thanks for coming on. And um, uh, everybody, everything's down in the show notes. So you're going to want to go take a look and, and go grab his books. And uh, thanks a lot. And um, are you back to, are you building more things today? Or are you done with no, your day? No, today was, uh, I'm getting ready to go to Maryland to speak for the weekend. So I'm trying to get prepared for that. But I'm building a deck. The house oh. itself is all done. We're building the deck. Yeah, I didn't show, I have million dollar views out of here and that's why i built it up here um i wouldn't recommend this for the everyday person it's been five years so nice a lot of fun nice all right well have a wonderful time in maryland and thanks so much thank you thanks gary i am going to run so not much interesting this week i am we're like i said we're watching godzilla in the other room i want to get back because it's like two hours in they still haven't shown godzilla yet and I want to be there when they finally show them for the 10 or 15 seconds that they do. The American versions are terrible about showing Godzilla. It's awful. So I don't know. It's one of the early versions. I can't remember which one it is. Um, oh, Brian Cranston's in it. So whichever one that is, that's the one it is. So anyway, leave a comment. If you have a comment, um, drop me a note. Tell me what's going on in your lives. I will see you next week for audiobooks. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.